What's up, coaches? Thank you for tuning in to KYPD. Hope you had a great weekend. If things sound a little different on my end, it's because I'm coming at you from Searcy, Arkansas. Beautiful Searcy, Arkansas, I might add. But we spent the weekend watching my alma mater put it on East Central University, uh, hanging out with family and friends, and, and also taking a chance just to hit the hit the reset button a little bit as we get ready to head into our bye week this week before we begin what we're hoping is a long playoff run. Anyway, today we're rolling out our third installment of Inside Drill, and that is where we don't bring a guest on, but instead I take some time and tackle a topic pertaining to D-line play, so we're going to do that today. Now, today we're going to be talking program philosophy a little bit, and it's at this point that most coaches will roll their eyes or turn off this episode because, you know, I know when you go to a clinic or you hear a coach speak, the last thing that we usually want to hear about is things pertaining to program philosophy because, you know, typically it's cliche stuff. We've all heard it before, and, and we'd much rather hear about some X's and O's and get some ideas on drills or scheme. But bear with me today. I'm I'm uh, I'm not saying that uh, that this is anything you hear today is going to be original. But I mean, what is when you're listening to a coach talk, whether it's philosophy or X's and O's and scheme? But I know this is a topic I feel passionately about. So, so hopefully, you can gain something from today's episode. Uh, by the way, thank you so much for the, the support that we got and the action we got from last week's episode. We're uh, Each week we're adding new listeners and, and bringing in people from uh, really across the, across the country tuning in to the, to the podcast. And that's really exciting. Uh, our episode with Coach Darby last week is now uh, our second most downloaded episode, which is awesome considering it was only up for, it's only been up for about a week. So uh, anyway, keep keep uh, spreading the word about KYPD and keep listening, keep tuning in, tuning in each week. Uh, my goal is to keep putting material out there and bringing guys on that, that you care care about and that you uh, find interesting and, and that you can get something out of these, these episodes each week. So with all that being said, let's dive into Inside Drill Volume 3 on episode number 35 of KYPD. Okay, so what we are talking about today is, is having a vision statement that's clearly defined for your program. You know, have an end goal in mind. And I think that this is extremely important uh, for whether you're an athletic director, you're a head coach, or even if you're just a position coach. I think that right now, if you don't have one, you need to have a vision statement for your program. You need to have some sort of thing that, that you want your program to be defined by or to be known for when, when it's all said and done. And I think that it's important to have this because everything that you do stems from from that vision statement, from that end goal. When you begin with the end in mind, uh, which I know is some sort of term probably stolen from some teacher in-service thing that I set through a few years ago. Um, but anyway, you know, you begin with the end in mind. Uh, then you, you, you can work backwards and everything that you do stems from that vision. You know, when you go to a clinic, you know, I think sometimes the the... the the challenging thing about going to a clinic is you go to a clinic and you hear some drills or hear some things that you really, really like and you're all excited to bring it back and start implementing it into your program. But I think that before you do that, you have to sit down and, and, and take a look at what is your vision, what, is your, what are you trying to accomplish within your program, and look at everything through that lens. And then if what you're bringing back doesn't fit with that, then you need to throw it out. 
because then what happens is we kind of just become this hodgepodge of ideas and nothing ever really sticks. Nothing ever has a substance. You know, we read a book this summer or we read a book this year, this off season. We like it. Uh, we try to do some things, but there's no foundation or it doesn't, we, we don't incorporate it into our vision. Then it just becomes a cool book that we read or it becomes, you know, a good clinic speaker that we heard, but it really doesn't go beyond that. So all that to say, I think it's crucial for your athletic program to have a vision statement. But even if you're a position coach like myself listening to this today, you should have a vision statement for your position group. When everybody is on page, on the same page with your vision statement, what you're wanting to accomplish, what you're trying to accomplish, then that frees everyone else up to do what it is they're supposed to do. You know, it frees the players up to, to you know, they're, they're no, they know exactly what's expected of them, what's demanded of them, and so now they can just focus on playing football, right? Assistant coaches know exactly what's expected of them. They know what's what's what the standard is. Uh, they know, you know, how to keep, how to hold people uh, in line with that standard. And so once they know that, they're freed up just to go coach. And so then everybody's pulling in the same direction, and a lot can be accomplished when everybody is pulling in the same direction. And that's why it's, it is vital for your program, uh, and even as you as a position coach, to have a vision statement for your position group. Now, let's talk about that uh, for a second. If you are a position coach, uh, and, and you, are, are, you, know, you, you want to have something that's just yours, it's just the linebackers, or it's just the wide receivers, kind of something that y'all are about, I think that's awesome. I think that does a lot for creating an identity for a position group. It gives ownership to those guys, uh, and it really builds that camaraderie and that unity within that group. That's all great. You should definitely do that. However, you must make sure, I think you really got to make sure that whatever it is y'all are going to be about, whatever your vision is for that group, it has to be in line with the vision of the coordinator on your side of the ball, and also the head coach. Because if your vision contradicts what the head coach or the offensive coordinator or the defensive coordinator is trying to do, then don't do it. Because then you're just going to create uh, a division and, and a fracturing in, in among your team. And, and obviously that's the exact opposite uh, of, of what a vision should be there for. Uh, so make sure that whatever you do, you need, to also, you need to definitely run it by your coordinator, your head coach, talk to them about what you're thinking, what you'd like to do, or what, why you're wanting to do it, and have reasons for it. But, but definitely make sure that your vision statement is in line with that of uh, the coordinator on your side of the ball and also your head coach. So that being said, I, I guess the idea of, of this vision statement uh, really came to me uh, a few years ago. It was in the summer. Uh, I, I read and, and listen to books a lot in the summertime, and I, and I listened to Pete Carroll's book uh, entitled Win Forever. And he talks about in that book that uh, I think it was after he got fired from the Jets. I think it was. Uh, it's either the Jets or the Patriots. Uh, someone who's read that book, I know, is correcting me right now. But uh, anyway, uh, he had just gotten fired from a head coaching job, and he realized in some time when he was doing some thinking um, after you know after he got fired that he really didn't have something that he stood for as a coach. You know, he really didn't have a, a a vision statement, a philosophy that he that he stood for and then, then he built his program around. And so that's where he came up with the you know the, the mantra of always compete and you win forever. Uh, and, and so that's something he took with him to USC and obviously they had a ton of success there and then now he's taking it with him to Seattle where they're where they're still successful today. Uh, so what I did was I came up with with three words that are characteristics or qualities that I would like for all the guys who play for me, uh, to see in me and also to be characterized by by the time they're done playing for me. 
So, you know, like for instance, when someone brings up a guy in my position group, maybe it's a teacher in the school, maybe it's someone in the community, maybe it's another coach, you know, what are the things that I want that person to say about my guy? We're all kind of like mother hens when it comes to uh, to our players, you know, especially our position group guys. You know, like we can call them idiots, but no one else better call them idiots, right? Because there are idiots. But we want to make sure that when people uh, interact with them, whether it be on the team or in the community, that there are uh, th- those interactions are positive. Uh, so think about that. When, when people bring up a, per- a person in your position group, uh, a person in your athletic program, a person on your side of the ball, what are some things you think that they, they would say about them? And I think it's it's with that thinking in mind, that's what led me to come up with with the three words that have really sort of become my uh, vision statement over the last few years, and things that are the, the things that I try to incorporate within my position group. So anyway, I came up with here here are the three words that I came up with. We're going to talk about all three of these today uh, in depth. The first one is accountable. Second one's coachable, and tough. Last one is tough. So so when people. Uh, interact with with my guys, the guys that I'm around every day. I would love for them to be characterized by th- those three words: accountable, coachable, and tough. Now, the order of those words is important, and I'll explain that as we go through this. But let, let's let's begin with the first word, which is accountable. You know, accountability is one of the toughest things to teach. It's one of the t- toughest things to learn because no one likes no one likes being held accountable. Right, like you don't like being held accountable for things that you screwed up on. It's not fun. It's not pleasant. Uh, it, it's it's never pleasant. Even as an adult, I, st- I still struggle being held accountable. You know, sometimes we want to do our own thing, even as adults. But it's equally not pleasant to have to do it to have to hold other people accountable. You know, I, I think as a parent, and I'm a parent of now three young kids, but. It's it, the harder thing to do is to hold my kids accountable, to hold them accountable for something that they did. It's so much easier just to let it go, to make an excuse for why they did what they did, to brush it off. The difficult thing is to hold them accountable. But however, accountability is crucial, crucial to the success of any program, whether it be athletic program or otherwise. There must be a sense of accountability. And that accountability works both ways. I, as a coach, need to be accountable to my players, just like they need to be accountable to me. But what is accountability? Well, you know, I think I think when you have players who are accountable, they're going to say things like, hey, that was my fault. That was my bad. I jumped off sides. I blew the call. I didn't study. You know, uh, I didn't study the game plan or I didn't I didn't watch any film this week. You know, it was that, that's that's me. That's me. And I think that can translate in other areas or other facets of their life. You know, hey, coach, I have a 60 because it's not because the teacher's tripping or because she didn't like me. I, I, I didn't turn in my own work. You know, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't study for the test. You know, that's on me. I'll get it fixed. Uh, that you know, that's that's the end. That's that's what we want out of our guys. But how do we get that? Well, I think what we first have to do is, is you have to set the standard. Uh, whatever that is, that's going to be for your program, for your position group. Set the standard and then never deviate from it. Never deviate from it. It doesn't matter who the kid is, where they're from, who their parents are, how much you like them or dislike them. I think that if we're going to hold kids accountable, there has to be a set standard. They understand that standard and then you hold them to that. I see this a lot. Uh, I've seen this a lot of, uh, you know, this, this statement thrown around and I love it. Uh, the standard is the standard. Like that's what it is. Okay, this is where we're trying to get you to, and we're not going to lower that standard so that you can meet it. Instead, we're going to call you up to that standard, just like everybody else who's gone through this program. 
And and I think that as coaches, we got to make sure that we do we do the things that we say that we're going to do, and that we uh, model accountability for our players. I think that we're way past the times, the days where you know we as coaches have to pretend like we never screw up, we never make mistakes. I think it's okay to be vulnerable to our players and show them like, hey, I screwed up, I screwed up, and I'm going to get it fixed. Uh, I think that that's important that they see that accountability modeled for us. Um, but I think that we have to be able to hold our kids accountable and do the hard work of setting the standard and then holding them to that standard. And I think that if we can do that, then the other two words that I'm going to talk about are going to be possible. But if we can't handle that, if kids aren't accountable, then really nothing else is going to work. That's the foundation. You have There has to be accountability in a program. And we could really spend a whole podcast talking about that and fleshing that word out and what that looks like. Um, but, but we're not because, you know, I want to get onto these other two words and really talk about how, how all three of these things work. But, but the first one is, is accountable. The next one, coachable. Okay. So the great thing about, you know, again, about starting with accountability is that an accountable kid is coachable because account, an accountable kid, like we said, is going to take ownership for the things they do wrong and the things they do well. They're going to take ownership for their actions. So in that, so then they're coachable. You know, I think that we live in a world where, you know, people's self-esteem is so fragile that any perceived like criticism or contrary viewpoint is met with disdain or seen as like a personal attack on their on their value or worth, which goes against everything that coaching is. You know, uh, we as as football coaches, I think we need to take that word that 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 title coach seriously. Like we our job is to coach. You know, there's a video going around uh, circulating on social media about Nick Saban talking about, do you want to be coached or do you want to be left alone? Our kids must be coachable. Now, how do you coach kids who don't want to be coached? How do you how do you make kids or help kids be more coachable? Okay, great question. I'm glad you asked. I think, first of all, I think that, again, it goes back to that. We have to allow them to see us being vulnerable and to be, we have to allow them to see us being coachable as well. You know, uh, this is another, another saying that you hear a lot and I've heard it in reference to parenting, but they won't be what they don't see. So if they don't see you being coachable, then they're not going to be coachable. Why by that? I mean, if you're, if you're talking bad about your, your head coach or your coordinator or your superintendent or your principal, whatever it is about things that they're having you do and, and you're not going to do it because this and that, then what are you showing your kids? You're not being coachable in that instance. Um, and so I think that we have to definitely, if we want to, if we want our kids to be coachable, we have to display and, ex- and, and, and exemplify being coachable to them on a daily basis. But also I think that what we have to do is you have to build a relationship with them, with, the, with your kids, and they have to see that the things that you're telling them are actually true. That the things you're telling them are actually going to work. I think that if we um, if we just are, are, are saying you know cliches or we're just kind of going through the motions as we coach, then those kids are gonna they're you know, they're gonna tune you out, you know. But if they see that you're there and that you're in the boat with them and that the things that you know, you're watching film, you're studying, you're you're taking care of your your stuff, your responsibilities, and they see that hey, the things that coach is telling me on Monday and Tuesday, those are helping me be a better player on Friday, or Saturday. I think that that if you want your kids to be coachable, then you got to check what it is you're coaching them to do. You know, are, are those things are are you are you giving them everything you got, or are you just kind of spitting out things and and just sort of telling them, hey man, catch the ball. You know, hey hey, make that tackle. Well, 
are you coaching them how to catch the ball? Are you coaching them how to make that tackle? Are you coaching them on what their keys are, or the, what their keys are, what they should be reading, what they should be looking for out of a certain formation or personnel package? So I think a lot of this, with all of these things, it starts with us as coaches. You know, we can complain about kids that are not coachable today, or they're not, they're not, they're not accountable, or anything like that. But really, we know that. You know, no kid is born being all three of those things. None of these things are natural. Right, like there are no kids that just that just show up to us already. These things just because they were born that way, that goes against our human nature. We have to make them, we have to mold them into these three things and be intentional in doing it. So, to recap, how do we get our kids to be coachable? First of all, you got to show that you're coachable yourself. Okay, and by the way, uh, if a kid comes up to you and says, "Hey, coach, what do you think about this?" Like I think you know, I've watched film or I've seen this happen or I've seen seen this, I've noticed this. What do you think about trying this? Man, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you don't do it, but you at least give that kid the impression that you're listening and considering his ideas. Okay, and that again shows that you're being coachable and you're you're allowing them to uh, take some ownership in the game plan and things that they're seeing. You know, I know that happened. That's happened for me as an assistant coach. Head, you get it's happen all it happens all the time. You get kids come to the sideline and they're seeing something different from what you're seeing, and they make a suggestion and we roll with it. So I think. Uh, again, to recap a second time, because I got off on, on a tangent there. Uh, how do we get our kids to be coachable? We, we be coachable ourselves. All right. And then also we got to check ourselves and make sure that the things that we're coaching them to do are actually true. So some some qualities or characteristics of a kid that is coachable, they really make the same mistake twice because they learn from their mistakes. They see huge gains as a player and as a person. They form a strong bond with their coach because, again, they trust that coach. They know that what he's trying to get that kid to do is is the right thing, and it's and it and it's and it's it matters, and it's going to help them be a better a player and a better person. Um, that person takes pride and ownership in what they do. The person who's coachable, they accept coaching for what it is, which it's not an attack on you as a person. It's not an attack on you as a person. It is me trying to get you better and trying to get out, pull out every ounce of potential that's locked inside of you. And finally, coachable kids play loose and they're unafraid. They're not afraid to make a mistake. Now, that's the last thing, especially if you're on defense, that you want is your kids playing uptight, afraid to make a mistake, playing the game not to lose instead of playing the game to win. But when a kid's coachable, they're accountable. You know, they're going to take ownership for whatever comes, and they're just going to go out there and ball out, and they're going to be freed up to go play play with like their hairs on fire, which is what we want all our kids to do because they're coachable. All right. So that leads us to our last one. And this is a big one. This is kind of, I guess, maybe a little bit of a buzzword right now because, you know, tough, the word toughness is, is misconstrued so often, uh, especially uh, in our society. And, and, and I think what we need to do first before we start talking about this word uh, tough is really to define what toughness is not. It's not fighting. It's not being stoic, showing no emotion. It's not demeaning or dominating others. Instead, toughness is the ability to persevere through adversity despite one's circumstances or a refusal to relent. Okay, so the thing about tough players is tough players understand the difference between playing hurt and playing injured, right? So they're, they're not going to be the guy who shows up on Tuesday because Tuesday is usually the hardest day of practice and they got a little owie on their elbow or they got a groin thing going on or a little hamstring deal and they're trying to tap out of practice. That's not being tough. And if you're a guy listening to this and maybe you've done that, like maybe that makes you mad. But look, man, that's, that's not being tough. 
That's not persevering through adversity despite your circumstances. That's not. That's not a refuse showing a refusal to relent. So a tough player can can understands the difference between playing hurt and playing injured. Also, a tough player, their effort isn't determined by their spot on the depth chart or what the scoreboard says or who you're playing that week. You know, I think sometimes, you know, sometimes we can, uh, you know, as coaches and players, we fall into this trap of, you know, um, you know, we got a big rival on the schedule this week, so we're going to make sure we practice extra hard. Or we got a team that's that that's not very good on the schedule this week, so we're going to relax a little bit. I think that if you know if you walk out to your practices, and I know this, we all know this, and it's easier said than done, but we got to make sure. I think sometimes I have to be reminded of this that someone walking out to your practice shouldn't be able to tell the difference of whether you're playing a team that's over or uh, the number one team in the state. You know, you should practice the same, and tough kids understand that and are able to do that. Uh, also, I think tough kids excel under pressure and actually enjoy being in those situations where there's adversity and where they're required to be tough. You know, we want those guys, especially on defense, that the, the, the offense throws an interception in the, in, deep in in, uh, uh, in our own territory, and the defense now has to go to defend a short field. Like We want guys who are, who are getting up off the bench or getting up off the sideline and sprinting out onto the field excited to get ready to go and prove themselves one more time. We want guys like that. We want guys who are able to uh, to to be in those moments of pressure, you know, maybe it's at the end of the game and, and there's a few seconds on the clock and we got to get a stop here. You know, we want guys who who relished being in those moments, not who hide from those moments. So that's what being a tough kid is about. Now, what does that look like just in other aspects of life? Well, you know, we all know that these things that we're trying to teach our our players right now, you know, that that are under our care, and we all know that this is it, it goes way beyond football, right? Like. This is just a training ground for real life. That's all football is. You know, right now they make a mistake. Okay, you throw an interception, or you get us five yard. You get us a five yard penalty. But in life, you make a mistake. There's real world consequences, right? And so that's what we're trying to get our guys to understand that it's way more than just football. And so in real life, you know, when you when you have your kids when when they grow up with uh, understanding that type of toughness, now when they face things like you know troubles in their marriage. Or they have they get laid off from work, or they get they get to school, they get to college, and they're away from their family, and they're you know all of a sudden go from being the big man on campus now they're just another dude on campus. You know they're they're able to to to, to excel and fight through those moments because they have a level of toughness that's been enforced uh, from their coaches uh, in the in the athletic program that they're a part of in high school. And so I think that toughness is way more than just this macho, you know, laying people out and 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 that that sort of thing. I mean, yes, we, hey, we want our guys to hit hard and we want them to play hard, but man, toughness is so much more than that. It's a mentality that can serve you well uh, way beyond your years of playing football. So how do we get our kids being tough? Like how how do, how do we do that? You know, uh, I think that we all know that. Well, I think most of us should know that at this point, it's not lining kids up 10 yards apart and having them go smash each other, you know, for, for 30 minutes of practice. You know, that's not it. It's not necessarily means more hitting drills. It's, it's definitely not calling kids out in a way that demeans them, you know. Uh, definitely should call kids out. That goes back to being accountable. I think you should definitely be able to call kids out uh, when they're not um, doing something right. And that goes back to being accountable. And that goes back to you got to have a relationship with them first. But... I'm not saying that, but 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 demeaning kids, uh, that's that's I don't think that's how you create toughness. I think that you create toughness and you build toughness in your kids by putting them in adverse situations. You know, whether it be in practice, 
uh, is probably the best way that we can handle that, uh, that we can control that environment, is you put them in situations where they have to be tough, right? Where they have to be, they, they face some adversity. Things aren't going their way. Off-season is a great way to do that. You put those guys in situations of where they have to perform under pressure, where they have to step up and remember the things they've been coached to do and, and, and perform under pressure. Because it's not just going to happen. Your kids aren't just going to be tough by accident. That's not going to happen. Again, kids aren't born that way. You have to uh, instill that into them. And so we talk about those three things, accountable, coachable, and tough. Um, those aren't, like, and notice, those aren't rules. So like when I would talk with my position group at the beginning of the year, I'd say, hey, look, guys, you know, we're not going to talk about a bunch of rules like do's and don'ts. I want you to be these three things. And I'd go through those words. I want you to be accountable, coachable, and tough. Because when you're those three things, then we're not going to have issues with you acting up in, in class because that's 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 a violation of being accountable. We can't depend on you. Right? You're not gonna be uh you're not gonna be a great issue. It goes back to being accountable. You're not gonna, you know, show up uh, late to practice or miss practice without telling somebody first. That goes back to being accountable. You're not going to keep continue making the same mistakes over and over and over again. That goes back to being coachable, right? We're all good. We're all okay. We understand you're going to make mistakes. Don't make the same mistakes over and over. Once you have those three things established, like again, it doesn't have to be these three words. It could be something you feel strongly about or you feel like um, goes well with what you're already trying to do within your program. But I think with, with these three words, it really encompasses everything that you want your guys to do without putting on a, uh, putting a bunch of rules and, and, um, and parameters on them, if that makes sense. You know, these are, these are principles to live by. And, and none of these are based on feelings. Like you either are these things or you're not, right? I mean, you either are accountable or you're not. You either are coachable or you're not. You're either tough or you're not. Um, I think that these are things that, that that our players can carry with them off the field into the other arenas of their life. And and just imagine, you know, imagine what our society would look like if if people were characterized by those three words. You know what? I mean, if, if you are looking to hire somebody and you call her you call her references and their references say, Hey man, look, I tell you what, this gal, she is accountable, she's coachable, and she's tough. Well, what what employee's not gonna want to hire that person? Right, uh, you know what? What woman is not going to want to be married to a man that she can say those three things about? My husband's accountable, he's coachable, and he's tough. What parent wouldn't have a wouldn't want to have a kid that they can say that about? You know, my son is accountable and coachable, and he's tough. What do you think about the problems that you're facing in your program, in your athletic program, your team, uh, your business, whatever? What problems that you're dealing with? that could be traced back or attributed to a deficiency in one of those, in one of those areas, either in accountability, coachability or toughness. Probably the issues that you're facing could, could be, could be characterized or fall under the, the umbrella of one of those words. And you probably could see that there's a deficiency in one of those characteristics. If you're looking at uh, issues that you're having, which is why I think that it's so important to have a vision statement, to circle back to the beginning, what we were talking about, uh, otherwise, you're just kind of bumping along. You know, it says in, in, in Proverbs uh, 29, chapter 29, verses 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. So with that in mind, if you haven't thought about it, be thinking about it. And and as we get ready to, to draw near the end, of the end of the regular season, some of us are getting ready to start off season. Some of us are getting ready to start a playoff push. 
you know, be thinking about it. What are what are the things that you want your program to be characterized by? What are what what do you want your your program to stand for? Start with that, and then everything else should stem from that. Should derive from that. If there's something going on in your program that doesn't jive with those three things, get rid of it. Don't do it. Get it out of there. Uh, if you have a coach or, or someone who's, who's a part of your program who's not in line with that vision statement, then there needs to be a conversation about that. And then maybe if they continue to 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 you not be able to conform to that or at least be upheld to that standard, then maybe they shouldn't be a part of, of your program. But I think that without a vision, then it's really hard to identify what your your, your weaknesses are, what your problem areas are. So there you go. And and I know uh, none of that was unique. Or original necessarily that that's just um, kind of my thoughts and I understand uh, I've never been a head coach before and so I, I do acknowledge that that there are a lot of things that I'm probably ignorant of at this point in my career but those are some things that I've noticed and picked up on in in, in my time as a coach and if you have you know if you have a vision statement or something that you're doing within your, with your program, uh, or you have something like you completely disagree with with something that I've said, man. Interact with us. We are all about it, and, and I can I'm I, I'm coachable, okay, and, and uh, I can take I can take it. So um, I, I love to hear what you have to say, coaches or uh, anyone listening. Shoot us an email at kypdpodcast at gmail or follow us on Twitter. We're at kypdpodcast. Be on the lookout this week. I'll post some questions and some 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 different things uh, dealing with this episode, and so would love to uh, to get your feedback in whatever way that, that that you want to want to do that. So our quote of the day is one I actually heard in church over the weekend, and I thought it went perfectly with what we would be discussing on today's episode. And so that quote is: "Adversity introduces a man to himself." That's Albert Einstein. All right, so thanks once again for tuning in this week. Coaches, pour into your kids today and remember that we are in a a huge position of influence over the lives of the young men and women entrusted to us. So take that responsibility seriously. And always remember, no matter what, keep your pads down.